Well, uh, like I said, we are, we are starting this, this uh, new sermon series, this new 12-week sermon series. Usually our, our sermon series are, are you know, quite a bit shorter than that, um, but this one is, is called The Pursuit. Now, if you, if you call yourself an alpiner, if you've been coming here for a while, you may be uh, familiar with, with The Pursuit. It's the um, it's the path that we often like to, to take people down as we begin mentoring them, right? And we do this uh, because the pursuit consists of the essentials of, of Christianity uh, that can help you go full circle in your pursuit of God. See, that's what, that's what mentoring is, is, is walking through life with each other uh, as you each pursue a relationship with God. Um, and mentoring is, as we'll get We'll go into that a little bit more in, in this message, but throughout this, this series, um, mentoring is just a, a term that we use uh, for discipleship that Jesus called us to. Um, and in that context, if you've, uh, one of the, one of the um, in fact, it's probably, yeah, pursuegod.org, it's a sister ministry that we use. And so um, the, if you ever go there and check out those resources, in fact, I would, I would recommend that you go check them out this week after, after hearing this message and, and the rest of these. Um, on, this, on this website, you'll see that with this particular series, it's divided up into these 12 lessons. They're like five to eight minute videos or whatever with, with some, some questions and some commentary and, and the, these verses that we go through. Um, it's a really great resource, but the design of this is to spark conversation um, as we walk together through these topics. And this is, uh, this is very important to us here at Alpine. In fact, it's, it's woven into everything that we do, this idea of, of being in relationship with each other, pursuing God, um, because that's what Jesus told us to do, to help each other get closer to God. So, you know, the Bible tells us um, that, that we are all sinners, Okay. Um, in fact, every one of us is is born with a sin nature, one that prevents us from seeing the kingdom of God, and, and it makes us far from God. So I, you know, through as as we go through this series, I hope that each and every one of us will kind of be introspective as, as we consider these different points, and we would kind of look at you know this this continuum here. You know, you can be close to God or you can be far from God or somewhere in between, but every one of us is, is on that line somewhere, right? And we need to be honest with ourselves in looking at that and going, you know, am I, am I actually close to God right now? Or am I, am I far, uh, far away from God? You know, in, in Proverbs 15, verse 29, it says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous and guys, we don't want to be we don't want to be the wicked who are who are far from from God, right? And in Ephesians, it talks about it as well, and it calls us children of wrath who are far from God. That's not that's not how we want to be categorized, right? We don't want that to be the case. We want to be close to God. I I hope that you want to be close to God, and and that is possible. Okay, God promises that those who make a genuine commitment to pursue Him we'll find him. And in this lesson, we're going to look at these three truths for every pursuit, no matter where you are uh, on, that, on that continuum, no matter where you are in, in your journey. And, and wherever you are in that journey 
In Deuteronomy 4, 20, 29, it says, but from there, you will, you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. See, although we have all been born with this sin nature, every single one of us, even our, our children, all of us, um, God still loved us so much that he made a way for us to be reconciled and to be in relationship with him. So let's get into our first point here today, and that is that uh, it, God is for you, not against you. Okay, Jesus didn't avoid the broken and lost. He sought them out. Now, throughout his life and throughout his, his teachings, Jesus shocked the religious world with his attitude toward the lost and, and toward the non-religious. There was a conflict that followed him because uh, the, the religious world didn't like the way that he approached this. It didn't like his attitude towards it. He invited lowly fishermen and, 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 and the, the despised tax collectors uh, to be his, his closest, right? These were, these were, this was his inner circle. His disciples were made up of these kind of people. He took time to, to speak with and to bless the prostitutes and, and the beggars. And then he went around healing the demon-possessed and touching unclean lepers. Now, leprosy, if you don't know, leprosy was a, a, a disease that ate away at a, at a person's flesh. And the lepers were social outcasts. They were literally social outcasts. People, they would force them uh, to sometimes to live in, in different places. They call them leper colonies and, and things like that. There's still some of those that exist today. But they were literally forced to live away from uh, the rest of, of society. And in fact, even as they, as, uh, if you had leprosy and you're walking down the road, you were required to call out as people approached that you were a leper so that people could take steps to avoid you, right? And, you know, Matthew... Uh, eight verses two and three says, so, well, you know, so, so this was something that we see oftentimes as we read through the Bible, we, we see these references to this. And so it's curious to know how Jesus would react to, to those kind of people. And in, in this verse in, in Matthew eight, two and three, it says, suddenly a man with leprosy approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Now, this is, I think this is kind of interesting here. Uh, it says here, it says here, you can heal me and make me clean, the guy says, right? He knew that Jesus could heal him, but he didn't know if Jesus would. He says, if you are, are willing. He didn't know if, Jesus had the compassion to do that. See, for most people, it's easier to believe uh, that God is powerful than it is to believe that he's, he's good. Oftentimes, we, we base our concept of, of God's goodness uh, on whether we think that God handled something correctly in our own life. Based, and, and we base that solely on our perspective though, right? The way that we consider that particular situation and what the right way to handle it would be. But here's the truth. God is both powerful and good. He's good enough to care about our everyday lives and he's powerful enough to do 
something about it. He's not just He's not just able to help, he's willing. And there's passages like this one throughout the gospel. A lot of us, though, can, can be like this, this leper in this story. And, and, and we believe that God is all-powerful. Many of us, you know, we have no problem thinking that, believing that God is all-powerful. But maybe you've had bad things that have happened in your life and you've wondered where God is in that moment. More, maybe you've thought that, that God uh, could have prevented that bad thing from happening. And, and more to the point, maybe you think that, that if God was good, he would have prevented that thing from happening. But see, the thing about this is, and as I kind of explained earlier, the world, the world is fallen. The, the world is broken. We're all sinners. We're all born with a death sentence. But our good God loved us so much that he made a way for us to be reconciled back with him. He gave his, his son as a sacrifice for our sins so that we don't have to be those spiritual lepers anymore. So here's the real question. Are you willing to come to him? And do you recognize that you have a need to? Right? Do you recognize that you need to come to him? A lot of people don't recognize that need, you know, because they think that their, that their deeds here on earth are, are, are good enough. But Jesus had an opinion about that. In Mark 2, 17, he says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. See, this is the great irony of, of religion is that the ones who look the most religious are usually the furthest from God. Jesus has nothing to offer self-righteous people because they don't recognize their need for a savior. Jesus simply looked for anyone who had the humility to learn from him and those who realized that they needed him because they were hopeless without him. Our, our second point here is that a pursuit of God can change everything from your eternity to your every day. Because Jesus wants to give you life to the full. In John 10, verse 10, he says so much. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, a lot of people have this thought. They think that Christianity is nothing more than a, a list of of rules to keep us from having fun in life. A lot of people think that, that Christians are uh, a bunch of stuffy old closed-minded control freaks who, who enjoy ruling other people's lives, who enjoy ruining other people's lives with their rules. But Jesus paints a, a very different picture here. See, following Jesus frees us from that, the tyranny of ourselves, the constant pull of selfishness and and that, that, that promises so much, but, but delivers so very, very little. That's the, that's the pull that we learn from the, from the outside world. One where the, the here and now is, is all that matters. One where our instant gratification is, is all that matters. One where we're convinced, even by shyster preachers, that, that God's utmost desire is that we have everything we want right now. 
in a world in, in which our feelings are given some kind of lofty but misguided place of, of importance. Thing is, guys, in reality, Jesus wants to give uh, a whole new kind of freedom, something that, that most of us, many of us, a lot of people have never experienced. Following Jesus means embracing his vision of life to the full, which impacts both our eternity and our everyday. Now, this means deep friendships. It means healthy emotions. It means meaningful work. And it means, most of all, a joyful connection with God. From Jesus' perspective... He knows that a, that, that, that a full life is one that is eternal with him. Our, our, short, our short lives here in this sinful world are nowhere near uh, what an eternity in heaven with Jesus would look like. Now, you know, at Alpine Church, you may have, you may have seen uh, this logo here, right? This is, this is kind of how uh, we kind of describe this with this full circle uh, image here. Um, might see it on our jackets sometimes or hats or whatever. And, and, and it's because this is an idea that we really believe in. And so we start off, we start off here uh, with a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. In, uh, in, does it have it up there? Yeah, in, in Romans 3.22, it says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Now, you might be thinking, well, this is good for most people, but, you know, not for me, not for my sins. The things I've done are pretty horrible. Or, you know, I've, I've really lived a life, and, 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 and it's not going to be so easy for me. But that idea is completely in contrast with what God's Word says here. It says here that it's available for anyone, no matter who they are, when they put their trust in Jesus. And this, guys, this, this decision to put our trust in Jesus, it changes our standing with God in an instant. And it comes with the promise of eternal life. Now, as we go through this series, we're going to dig into this topic of trusting Jesus a whole lot more in, in lessons four, five, and six. But the second part of this circle here is to, is to honor God. This, the, the, as we trust Jesus, then, then this creates this new desire within us to live a, a life that honors God. And it becomes this, this uh, an, it, it becomes an external reality as we are changed, as we're, as we're transformed from the inside out. And we'll get through to this, this part, understanding the, what a life that honors God uh, looks like more in, in lessons uh, in weeks 7, 8, and 9. But in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And it, you know, in the book of Ezekiel, it says that God will take away our, our stony, stubborn heart and replace it with a soft, supple, tender, responsive heart. Now, a lot of us have seen this, right? We've seen it um, in our, our family and our, and our friends. Um, we might have even you know, seen it in ourselves. But as somebody comes to know Jesus, as they live 
as they live to, to honor God and they make these changes in their lives and they, and they, and they change from the inside out, that, that crusty, old, selfish, mean-spirited whatever begins to, to, to fall away. Now, that, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking overnight changes necessarily, but, but we can see those changes. We can see those changes and they're huge. We, sometimes we see changes we never thought we would see in somebody. Once they make that decision, they trust Jesus and then they start to live to honor God. See, we begin to have a, a new way to think. We start to, to see things from a, a perspective, you know, a, a Jesus perspective. The Bible gives us a, a different way at, uh, uh, to view things and it teaches us different ways uh, to, to respond to those those things in our life as well. And then the third part of this circle is, is that after we have trusted Jesus, right, and after we have, have decided we want to live a life that honors God, well, then it gives us this opportunity. Ultimately, we get on mission with Jesus and we start making disciples. See, life to the full isn't complete until we go full circle and, and help someone else. This is a very important part of it. A lot of, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, this seems to be the hardest of the three, um, but it really isn't, it really isn't uh, difficult. And, you know, we're going to go over this more in, uh, in weeks 10, 11, and 12. But in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, guys, God is not calling you to be a pastor to do this, right? He's not, I mean, he maybe he's calling you to be a pastor, I don't know. But you should listen to that if he is. Um, but that, that's not, you, you, you don't have to be a pastor in order to fulfill what he's telling you to do here, okay? And, and I think a lot of us, we kind of, there's a, there's a funny meme I've seen on, on social media and stuff that kind of puts this in context, in it, and it's, it's a picture of Jesus and the disciples sitting around together, and and he's, he's saying this, he says, says, go out and, and make you know, disciples of, of all men as soon as you go get your theology degree or something like that, right? And then it says things Jesus never said. Because he didn't, he didn't say, wait until you, you go and get your, your fancy theology de- degree before you go share the good news of Jesus with people. He didn't. He said, go do it. And he was talking to you. He was talking to me. We have this responsibility. And so this is a really important part of, of the full circle thing. And like I said, a lot of us, we do have a tendency to kind of think that this is the hardest one because we think that we've got to be qualified to a certain, you know, whatever in order to be able to go and have these conversations with people. But the thing is, I've tell, I've, I tell people this all the time. If you're a parent, then you're already mentoring people right? You already know what it's like to mentor people through their life and come alongside them and, and, and help them grow. The difference, what we're talking about is we're talking about from a biblical, biblical perspective, right? This is, that's all that it is. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be John the Baptist in order to come alongside somebody and say, you know, I've been there. Yeah, I've had some similar struggles like that. And, and you know, there's a passage here that helped me out when I, when I struggled with this. Or why don't we spend some time in prayer as we talk about this? Or how are you dealing? How, how, how are you doing after, after we learned that last week, right? That's what we do when we come alongside and are in relationship with people.
He isn't calling you to be a pastor. He's calling you to take, he's telling you to take care of each other, to come alongside each other, to share this good news with other people. You know, I, every time I think about this, um, I'm an analogy guy, and so I'm always kind of putting it in, you know, I'm picturing it in different ways. And, and every time I think about this, I think about towards the end of the movie Titanic. You guys seen the movie Titanic? So the boat's sinking. Oh, spoiler alert. If you... <laughs> the boat sinks. Um, no, it, it, towards the end, you know, the boat's sinking, and all the people are, not all the people, but a lot of people are out in, in, the, in the life rafts, right? And, and uh, there's, there's room in a lot of these life rafts, and there are people in the water uh, that are going to die, right? They're hours away from another ship getting there, and there's all these life rafts in the water, and there's these people that are dying, and this person in the life raft, you know, they have the ability to go and share what they have, this good thing with these people who are going to die. But the responsibility is to go paddle over there and, and take it to them, right? You can't sit back and go, well, I'm, I'm not a Coast Guard rescue diver, so I'm not trained to go and help people that are floundering in the water. No, we have a responsibility to people, right? There, there are people out there that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And so we have a responsibility to be able to take this to them. And so that's why this full circle thing is so important. Now, all of this I've gone through, it's just a, this is just a brief you know, thumbnail sketch of, of what the, the full uh, Christian life consists of when you are seeking that, that relationship with God. Um, and like I said, we'll get a lot more into that throughout this series. But that brings me to my third point here, which is that, that God wants to be found by you, and he has made the first move. See, the fact is, before you even thought about pursuing God, he was pursuing us. And that comes from, that comes from uh, the Old Testament book of, of Psalms, Psalm uh, 139 here, that, that, uh, that says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, each of us, guys, each of us, the moment that we were conceived was an individual life that God cared about. He cared about us so much that he knew every moment of our life, even those yet to come. He even knew I was going to say that. This psalm here, this psalm uh, 139, was written by David. Now, we're talking David and Goliath, King David, right? David had a complicated story. He was, he was a, a sort of a almost forgotten shepherd boy, right? His, his dad kind of, you know, viewed him as like the, oh, that guy too, right? He, he was proud of these sons, and then there was David. Um, but he, he grew to, to be a, a great king of, of Israel. And, and along the way, he fought these battles, like I said, David and Goliath. Before he killed Goliath, David had already killed a lion and a bear, right? I mean, he, was, he, was, uh, he, was, he had this crazy story. He gained fame. He experienced tragedy. And, and this Psalm uh, 139 is one of his later psalms. It most likely took place at a, at a point in his life where he was older. Um, he, had, he had seen a lot of things. And he was just really starting to comprehend and, and, and put it in context and, and maybe look at it, kind of a view from 10,000 feet sort of thing, looking at his life and trying to start to, to, to make sense of it. 
And he was learning as he goes through this passage. That whole, that whole Psalm 139 is, is really great. But as he goes through this, um, you know, he, he's learning that God had been there all along. He had been there through the ups and downs of his life. He was, he was fully invested in David's story, even before it began. Even before he was born, he was invested in his life. And the same is, is true for you. The same is true for your story. Even, even if you don't necessarily see that yet. God saw you before you were born. In fact, your very existence was his idea. How cool is that? You were picked, you were chosen, you were, you were made specifically. And this very moment was laid out before you. Every moment was laid out for you before a single day had, had even passed, even this one right now. So now as you hear these words, I want you to consider for a moment maybe what, what brought you here. Right now, maybe you've been attending for a while, but, but whatever brought you originally to come and, and learn more about God, maybe it is today, maybe this is the first time. But something caused you to maybe to, to, to pick up a Bible, right? Or, or uh, maybe, uh, maybe someone invited you. Maybe it was a, a family member or it was a friend some sort of a relationship. Maybe it was a tragedy. Maybe it was just curiosity. Whatever it was, something moved you to start this, this journey towards God, this, this wanting to know more about him. But no matter what, remember that it was, it was God himself who made the first move. Now, you know, some people can kind of imagine that, that God's playing this, this sort of cruel game of, of hide and seek. Right, because you know, I mean, the Bible. There's a there's a lot of information here, right? Where in the heck is he? How 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 do I make sense of where do I start from here, right? Church, church, going to church can be intimidating, you know, and 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 God Himself can seem very very complicated to us. But guys, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of all of that, that that you are are wondering, how do I make sense of this? God makes us this simple promise. He says, he says, if you are serious about seeking me, you'll find me. And he says this, uh, he says this several times, but he says it in Jeremiah 29, 13 right here. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God is not a far away, disinterested deity Okay, he, he's not. He wants a personal relationship with every single one of us. And he's been working since the beginning of time to make that happen. Because remember, I can't say this enough, before we even thought about pursuing God, he was pursuing us. So as we close here today, I want you to ask yourself, like, what's, what's your role in all of this? What does God require of you? Well, we talked about it briefly. It's trusting Jesus. That's all that you can do, okay? But, but for now, let's answer it with this. Let's answer that question of, of what, what's your role here. Let's answer it with this. Just be genuine in your pursuit of God. He's, he's not hiding, okay? He wants to be found, and he's revealed, us, he, he's revealed him, himself to us in the Bible. So, Three things, there are, there are uh, you know, as 
we've created this, this uh, 12-week series for this purpose, for helping people to figure out what that looks like to pursue God, right? Why, why would I, right? Why would I want to pursue? Um, does he have any interest in me? We've already talked about that. But what does that look like, right? That's what this series is, is all about. So as we go into this, I want, I want to ask you these, these three things here. Is, is first, come prepared. Now, what I mean by this is put aside your, your preconceived notions. Okay, come to the Bible with an, an open mind and a willingness to learn. Now, I get it. Like, you know, you may have some, you may have some things that you're like, man, I really, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic about this. Well, let me tell you that God's not afraid of your pessimism. Okay, he's not afraid of your doubt. Right? He, none of that worries him. In fact, your pessimism and your doubt isn't big enough to stop him from getting through. But I'm asking you anyways to come into this with an open mind. Okay? What, whatever you've, you've thought about churchy people, right? like these guys, um, whatever you thought about pastors, you know, whatever it is you've thought about going to church and the, and the formalities and, and you know, things like that, whatever you've thought about God, his goodness, his power, all of that. I'm asking you to come open-minded as we go through this, this series because this one, this pursuit of God is really important. And I want you guys to get the most out of it. And he will speak to you because like we saw, he says, if you come wholeheartedly seeking me, you will find me. So our second one though, is be willing to talk and listen. Now, you know, you hear me talk about this all the time from up here and other pastors, we talk about it. You'll hear it all the time. We have, we have mentors who are willing to sit down and, and talk with you, to, to go through this journey with you, right? To answer your questions. You might, you might be like, hey, I think this is a dumb question, but it's, I'm stuck on it. I really want to know. It's not a dumb question. There, we, we all have asked some, some questions that later on the other versions of us look back and go, oh, that was pretty simple. But, but at the time, it seems really big. It's not dumb. If it's something that, that you're stuck on, it's, then ask. Let's ask and talk about this. But, you know, um, when we sit down with people in these mentoring relationships and stuff, this is a really good way for us to digest the, the information that was fed to you on Sunday, right? Because as it, as it works now... I'm talking, you guys aren't asking questions and saying, hey, well, this is what I've heard and, 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 and I saw this bumper sticker that said this or, or my friend says that God this, right? So there's not an interaction here that, that's going. That's what our small groups and our mentoring is for because that's where we really get to learn. It's not from, it's not from me up here uh, delivering the message. It's, it says you get to process this with other people that are on the same journey with you. This is where the growth really starts to, to happen, okay? So, so that's what I'm asking is that be willing to talk and listen. Now, I, I mentioned earlier our, our, our resources, pursuegod.org. All of this, this whole sermon series is on there. Um, you can go to that and it's always, the sermon series we're on is always at the top of the page. Um, and, and it's easy to find, but there's, there's, it, they're set up with, like I said, five to eight minute videos. You have a lot of resources there that you can dig into and, and questions. All, there's already questions there that you can ask and, and talk about with somebody else. So the, 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 the idea of being willing to talk and listen is where the growth happens. 
okay? Um, and so I really want you to, I really want to invite you to do that. And the third one is this, take detours if needed, okay? Now again, let me just go back, let me reference pursuegod.org in this series there. Um, that that particular resource is set up, if you, if you go look at it, um, like, when you go, it's, it, there's four sections, each of them with three of these lessons. Um, but it, each of those sections has a drop down that has dozens of other topics that will help you understand those first ones. So as you're going through this, you know, we, you get the trust Jesus part, right? You, you, you get the, the uh, live to honor God part, but man, when I, we start getting to that, you know, weeks 10, 11, and 12, when we're talking about going out and mentoring, you're like, you're hitting the brakes, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. It's okay to pause right there and, 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 and dig through that. Look in the Bible, talk to your mentor, go to a small group, watch some of those videos, come talk to me. Let's have that conversation about, did, did God mean you when he said that? Or did he just mean those, tra- those specially trained fishermen? Right? Just the, the dirty tax collectors. They're the only ones that are, that are, qualified to go and share this, the best news ever. No, if, it, let's have that talk, okay? If you get stuck on one of those, let's have that talk. It's okay to pause there and dig in and dig in and dig in and, and, and find out more information. That's okay, detours are, are okay. Feel free to, to do that, to pause and really t- to do that. But guys, this whole idea, this pursuit of God, it is the, it's the most important thing that we'll do in our life. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important decision we'll make. It's the most important thing that we can have in our life. And, and you know, like parents, you know how it is. We would do anything for our kids. We want to be able to guide them. Now, I promise you, if there's, you know, some parents think, well, I'm not going to try and influence them. I'm gonna let, this is a big thing. I'm going to let them influence or, you know, make up their own mind on this. The world has a different position than you. They're coming after your kid's brain. They're coming after your kid's heart, okay? And if you don't give them this, they're going to get filled with that. So it's very important for us to, to, to square ourselves away here and understand where we are, understand who God is, right? So that we can have that influence on our, on our, on our families, on our friends, so that they can have the same thing. They can have that, that hope and that peace that comes through that relationship with, with God. Now, next week, we're going to jump into this. The second part of this is, is how can we trust the Bible, okay? I mean, after all, that's where all of this stuff comes from is out of here, right? It's not, we're not getting it off the internet. We're not getting it from, you know, Harry Potter or any other books that, that mankind writes. We're getting it from, from the Bible. And so, it's natural then if this, is, if this whole process is new to you to go, okay, that sounds all good, but how do we know the foundation is good? Well, next week we're gonna get into that. So I really hope that you guys are back here next week so that we can continue on with this. But in the meantime, let's give it to God. Lord, I, uh, I thank you for this. I thank you that, that uh, you have laid out clear steps for us um, it's only our humanity and, and uh, um, the, the, the sinful doubt and, and things like that in our hearts that, that cause us to, to sometimes um, not see how clear it is that you've laid it out for us. 
But it is, Lord, as we get into your word, we see that you've, you've, you've put those steps there for us on how we can have that, that beautiful relationship with you. So Lord, as we go from here this week, uh, convict us, convict our hearts on our need to be committed in this, in this series to, to really contemplating and, <clears throat> and doing the homework, doing the, doing the things that we need to do in order to, do, to, to have this pursuit of a relationship with you because hopefully, Lord, we've, we've understood that there is a need, that, that this relationship with you is possible too, and that even if, even if we're not really sure how to pursue you, we know that you are already pursuing us that you want this relationship with us. So Lord, as we have these conversations, as we step out in faith and we, we ask for a mentor or we, or we go to a small group for the first time, um, as we have this conversation with our spouse for the first time, Lord, I, just, I, I ask that you would help guide those conversations so that they're wholesome, so that they are, they are meaty, and so that people are able to have a better understanding uh, of, of, of the, the questions that they pose. Ultimately, Lord, be glorified. That is our number one goal. We want to be in relationship with you, and we want you to be glorified. So we hope you are through this. Lord, we love you. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.